The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everyone, Luke Worsham here. Thanks for listening to the Titan Sized Podcast. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of this episode because I'll have interviews with Buccaneers tight end OJ Howard and linebacker Levante David. Again, that's at the very end of the episode, so be sure to stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are here to sort of recap the Titans' first preseason game last week against the Green Bay Packers and to preview their upcoming competition on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who came to town on Wednesday for a pair of joint practices at the Titans facility. So we're going to talk about all of that Uh, But before we do, let's hop into this Packers game from last Thursday a little bit uh, because the Titans' first-team offense looked really, really good. Now, granted, they just played one drive, and it was a very short drive because Nick Williams had a big play that got him down the field pretty quickly. Uh, Mariota, 2-3 for about 80, like 70, 60 yards, had a passer rating over 100, pulled after one drive. You know, not much you can tell from that very small sample size, but in the very small sample size, they looked very, very efficient. Yeah, I think that's what we all wanted to see, um, and I don't think we really need to see any more than that. Uh, what I was really, uh, what, what I felt uh, good about coming out of it uh, was a little three-stretch play after after that 38-yard catch by by Nick Williams. Uh, Derrick Henry got a carry, went eight yards. Uh, Mariota scrambled for seven yards, and then Deion Lewis came in. The game got seven yards, um, plus got a penalty tacked on. So seeing that, seeing all those those three who are, are our best runners, obviously, um, seeing them uh, getting some chunk yardage um, and moving the chains, that was uh, that was really impressive. Um, so that was good from the first team offense, first team defense, of course, uh, left a, a little bit to be desired, um, especially considering Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. Uh, but it's just preseason, and as we know, we can't really overreact, um, especially after last uh, preseason, where in week one the Jets smoked our defense, um, and Logan Ryan got beat deep, I think, and we all thought it was the worst signing ever. Uh, turns out that wasn't true. Logan Ryan w- was very good last season, so uh, I don't want to overreact yet, but like you said, first team, first team offense looked good, um, and we saw what we needed to see from them. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that it, it didn't look like they were going to favor one running back over the other too heavily. Derrick Henry looked pretty good, um, which is not something I thought I would see early in the preseason. I thought it would take him a little bit longer to get adjusted. Uh, and it was nice to see the touchdown come off of a semi-screen pass, but it was really just kind of a double-pick play with options. Like I really like the design of the way they went uh, for that third down pass. I could do without the fade to Taewon. I think that's – I mean – if he hadn't fallen, he would have been right there because it was a really good throw. But yeah. I, I don't like throwing anything up to a five ten receiver in the red zone. I just think that's a bad habit. Yeah, fair. 
Um, so uh, when it comes to the Titans' defense, their first-team defense wasn't out there for very long. Malcolm Butler gave up a big pass to Devontae Adams. Uh, but I think that the biggest takeaway for the Titans defensively in that game uh, was their pass rushers, how good they looked. Harold Landry looked really good. Uh, Jameel President, granted he's no longer on the team, he was waived with an injury designation. <laughs> he looked really good. And another guy that looked really good who has kind of been a, a big riser over the last week or so has been Sharif Finch. Uh, but Landry really went to work on uh, on the Green Bay offensive line, uh, used that really nice shoulder dip move that he has. Uh, and, and Finch did a lot of really nice things. I think he had a sack as well. Um, what did you guys think of the Titans' pass rushers? Because I thought, at least defensively, that was the highlight of the game for them. Uh, yeah, the pass rush was very good. Um, and especially considering Arakpo didn't play. Um, I'm really excited to see them in season. That Harold Landry sack was just exactly what we're expecting of him, um, exactly what we saw in college, um, and it was really good that it translated onto the field. Uh, granted, well, I'm not sure who the left tackle was at the time, but I'm assuming it was a backup. Regardless, uh, it's the NFL, and you got to be whoever's in front of you. So that was really good to see. Um, I, I, I feel very good about the pass rushers going into the season um, with uh, Harold Landry and probably Aaron Wallace. Um, who I, I'm not sure how much he played in, in this game. I can't really can't really remember. Um, but I really like him along with Harold Landry on that second on the second string pass rush um, because they're both really quick. Uh, they're both speed rushers and, and they could just kind of wreak havoc um, at, while giving Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan a rest um, during the season. So I, I'm excited to see them. So Wallace played a lot of snaps but didn't really do anything which was kind of disappointing. I really thought he'd be more of a speed guy off the edge, but it didn't really look like they were using him that way. Um, Sharif Finch and Harold Lander looked good. Sharif had more power and more moves in his arsenal, and Harold Landry had the best move in his arsenal, which is that speed and bend and dip move that he does that you know has made Von Miller one of the richest players in the NFL. It's, it, he looks really good. You know, We'll see what happens when he goes against better talent, but... They moved around their uh, edge players. So instead of having Brian Arakpo on the defensive right side and Derek Morgan on the defensive left side, what you're going to get this year is a strength call, and they'll switch from right to left, which is good because it means that you can't game plan specifically for where those players are going to be in terms of he's going to be on the left side every time I line up and he's going to be on the right side. So it's just another thing offensive coordinators and quarterbacks have to identify before they can snap the ball. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is Julius Wormsley, who not a lot of people talk about. Uh, he got buzz a few weeks ago, and it's kind of died down, even though he had a really good game. Uh, he's like a 28-year-old player. He's not a rookie or anything. He's a vet in this league, and he I mean, he's a guy who looks like a player. He had a tackle for loss, and he was beating blocks pretty consistently, but I don't think he made as many plays as you'd want just to call him a real splash player in the first week. But as we go through camp, I mean, he looks like somebody who could fight David King for time on this, this defensive line. So that's kind of what I watched and what I liked from the defense. Yeah, and he can probably carve out a role, especially considering, I mean, there's not a ton of depth on the defensive line. I mean, you have Casey Johnson and Jones entrenched, and then Benny Logan's a two-down player. Um, and David King, I mean, I, I know, Will, you like him, but he's not really anything special. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Wormsley 
Um, well, I don't, I don't know how many defensive linemen they're going to carry, but he's definitely competing with King uh, for a roster spot, uh, possibly, or at least for playing time. And you, you mentioned Wormsley. Uh, Vrabel brought him up uh, last week as someone that he he liked and ha- has been performing well. And it really kind of uh, you know recalls us back to a big topic for us last year, which was just how deep this Titans interior defensive line is. I mean, you've got Casey, Jones, Logan, King, uh, Wormsley, as we've talked about. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, Carl Klug is gone. Um, but I mean, even if I am missing somebody, just those five guys, I mean, you could do a lot, lot worse than those five guys. Austin Johnson, that's who I'm forgetting. I mean, just... How can you forget? How can you forget? (laughs) He's become forgettable, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, in all seriousness, this is a really talented uh, and deep defensive line. And, and, you know, a couple of years ago, we talked about how the Titans had a problem with depth at edge rusher. And as you guys talked about, that problem is gone. I mean, you have Morgan and Arakpo as your, your big, you know, kind of bookend set the edge guys. But then when you want something special, you've got two speed rushers in Harold Landry and Aaron Wallace. And they really like this Finch guy, it looks like. And there's a good chance that he makes the 53-man roster. And, you know, having that depth and having the ability to throw change-ups is going to be so huge for this defense, and it's something that they really didn't have while Dick LeBeau was here. Yeah, I I, I think they're pretty deep uh, uh, throughout the whole defense. Um, I mean, uh, uh, in the second I mean, half, when, the, when Lashawn Sims is your fourth cornerback, yeah, and you could uh, there are several teams that would love him, maybe even as a number two. Yeah, yeah, Lashawn Sims was fantastic against the Packers, and we, we've seen him be very good for the Titans in the past. Um, I mean, we've talked about it before his real, the only gripe we really have with him, um, is that he just can't locate the ball in the air a lot of the time, uh, which is kind of important. Uh, but that's the reason that he's a number four for us and not, uh, not a starter. But like you said, he absolutely could be a starter for some teams, especially, um, teams that, that don't have a lot of talent, um, in their cornerback group. Uh, and then, I mean, Kalen Reed as a fifth, as a fifth cornerback is pretty, it is it, pretty fantastic. Um, he he would make um, a lot of teams in this league um, as a fourth, maybe third cornerback, uh, and someone who can also play free safety. Um, the rest of the cornerbacks we're not going to talk about because they were pretty terrible um, in the Packers game. Um, but a lot of them aren't. They're not going to make the team. That that's just how it is. Uh, Demontre Hurst uh, was okay. He he wasn't all that great. Um, and so, some of the cornerbacks that. That didn't play well weren't even aren't even on the team anymore. Like Joe, Joe Weste, um, he got he he got released. Um, yeah, no, but the the like you said, the depth um, at edge rusher is really good. The depth on the defensive line looks good, um, and the depth at cornerback uh, also looks very good. Um, I wish Cyprian hadn't gone down, and maybe we would have signed another safety, and then that safety depth would look really good as well. Uh, but I think it's fine as is also. Yeah, I think we're thinnest at inside linebacker, and that's just because we haven't mm-hmm. seen Evans play yet. I mean, as soon as Evans plays, I mean, I really don't think there will be a depth issue at any of the defensive spots. You could, If I was going to pick one spot to really pick on, it would be defensive line, and I think that's just because 
when the whole Indomic and Sue stuff was going on, I had in my head this idea of a super defensive line with Sue, Casey, and Jones with Austin Johnson backing them up. You know, it seemed like if you could get that defensive line together with the defensive backs that we had, that it would just be, you know, a whole different level of defense. So I, I don't know. In my head, I think they could be a little bit stronger there. But I mean, if your top end guys a pro bowler and your other two starters are above average players, then you have one of the better defensive lines of football. You just don't have a top five unit. So really, if we can see Evans play some at linebacker and he's, you know, everything he's billed to be, and they were just being really cautious with him in the first couple of weeks of training camp, then everything's good. If not, then we may have to adjust our expectations from there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Titans group of receivers, uh, because I think it's one of the more interesting positions when it comes to trying to figure out who's going to be on this 53-man roster once the season starts. And a little bit closer to cut day on September 1st, we'll do an episode, uh, you know, an entire episode devoted to figuring out who's going to be on the 53-man roster. But let's spend some time on this receiver position right now. You know, obviously Davis, Matthews, Taylor, and Sharp are the locks to make the, the roster. But beyond that, I think there's a lot up for grabs, and it starts with names like Darius Jennings, Deontay Burnett, Nick Williams, Michael Campanero. Um, you know, my personal gut is telling me that Darius Jennings is a lock to be the fifth guy and that it's between Williams and Burnett if they keep a sixth to be that sixth guy. Um, but what do you guys seem to think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that's accurate. I, I agree that I think Darius Jennings is, is going to make the team um, regardless of what happens for sure. I mean, he's been fantastic all of camp. Um, he was pretty good last year in preseason, um, killing it this year in camp, and then goes out on the field and scores a touchdown uh, with the first team on the first drive of the preseason. So I think he's pretty much bundled up unless unless something goes horribly <laughs> wrong over the next couple of games, which which I don't see happening. Um, and I'm assuming, I think the Titans are going to keep six receivers. Uh, that would make the most sense. Um, and I feel like Nick Williams just has the inside track on, on, that, on that last spot right now. Uh, Burnett really didn't play all that much uh, against the Packers. Um, and Willie Williams, we already talked, uh, caught that 38 yard pass with the first team offense. Uh, Williams also has, has been running a lot of, uh, on punt return, um, in practice, I believe. Um, and he's also been, uh, he has special team experience in the past. So I think all of that combined together, uh, is going to get him that final, that final receiver spot. I mean, I just think they keep seven. That's what the Rams did last year. They mm -hmm. kept seven. So, I mean, you keep your big four, and then you keep uh, Nick Williams, Deontay Burnett, and Darius Jennings, and that's your seven. Then Deontay Burnett is the guy who you leave off of the game day roster. Maybe you leave off Darius Jennings, too, and Nick Williams is a guy who can play special teams and come in and play some wide receiver for you. I, I forgot about Campanaro. I haven't heard anything about him in a while. He hasn't been yeah. out in a while. Yeah, he I, I, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know when he would oh. have gotten hurt. He didn't play in the preseason game. Didn't play a single snap right. in the preseason game. I honestly back. have not noticed him in practice, now that I think about it, in well over a week. <laughs> no, Did he, he get cut and we don't even know? No, no, he hadn't played in a while. This, And I don't, I don't want to say this because he's a young guy or whatever. He's but in his fifth year. Well, he's not a young guy. 
How how old is he? Let me let me take a. I think he's twenty seven. I think I just. Michael Campanero is. I can't. can't Twenty seven years old as of January. So, so he's twenty seven. So, it's not an old guy. I mean, he's not young. But anyway, the the point the point is is that like this Wait, feels were like, you about to say that Antonio Brown wasn't good until he was twenty seven? No, I was just saying he's thirty. Like, and I don't think of him as an old receiver. Like, I, I think I don't I don't think twenty seven is old for a receiver. But you can't call no. him a young guy. Like, oh, he's just he's just young. He'll learn. Like he he's no. a, he's a veteran at this point. It's now no, or never. A, okay, let me finish my thought before we do this. What I was saying, it feels like. <laughs> This kind of like calm before the storm that we get before somebody retires, which is why I said I don't want to say Ooh. this because he's a younger guy. But this is one of those things where when you, a guy's not practicing for a couple weeks and we don't know about an injury he had and we didn't see him get it in practice and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden you hear Michael Campanero's decided he's going to hang it up and retire. Like that's what it feels well. like setting up to. And twenty-seven is too young to retire, but. He's not, he's the, not the, guy the last they, time the Titans had a receiver retire, it was Andre Johnson, a future Hall of Famer. And he, he, he retired when he realized that Rashard Matthews is better than him. So maybe what this means is that Rashard Matthews is close to returning and Campanero is like, I'm out. Also, or, uh, or Rashard Matthews is retiring. <laughs> since yeah. we don't hear anything about that, him. I saw him today, actually. I was kind of shocked. He's alive. Um, but he's going to, like... As far as we know, Richard Matthews will probably, I mean, maybe start the season on Pup anyway. So they could keep the six that we're talking about that aren't Richard Matthews anyway and then just make that decision later. I'm going to hit on Matthews for a second and this mysterious injury that he's suffering from. So, like, I'm sure most of you saw the videos of, of Conklin doing some sled work the other day. He seems to be headed in a good direction. Uh, Brian Arakpo has been out jogging just about every day before practice. I see him on the treadmill a lot. Um, Cruikshank was spotted on the treadmill today or yesterday. Evans was out uh, hitting the ropes the other day. No one's seen Matthews do anything. Nothing. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to vent a little bit just because this has been bothering me. Um, I, 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 I kind of felt like writing an article, but I didn't want to get just absolutely destroyed for it. But so this seems like a safe space. Uh, so I really hate what Mike Vrabel is doing with the injuries. Oh yeah. Um, I, I understand. That make any sense. I understand keeping it close to the vest, you know, but what competitive advantage do you, you really have in the preseason to not disclose injuries when everyone just wants to know, like, what is happening with these players? Because Rashard Matthews is one of the most important pieces to this entire team. And, and it's as so, is Rashawn you know, Evans. For, for Titans fans and for us in the media, it's so, you know, starkly different than last year. Because we're used to old Mike Malarkey getting up there. Uh, yeah, Corey tweaked his hamstring today. It'll be about six weeks. Yeah. Like, we're used to that. <laughs> we're not used to, I will say that Corey Davis mispracticed today. I know, but this is like this is well, worse than the Patriots. But Bill Belichick isn't even this bad. Well, I mean, once the season starts, you have to put out an injury report. Yeah, right. but right. I think I think I think maybe that that might be the problem right now. But, but here's, I just want to know what's going on with Rashard. The, the reason that they make it mandatory in the regular season 
is because, you know, you don't want teams to be like, well, you know, we're not going to tell you who's injured because we don't want to give you competitive advantage. The league's like, no, that's not fair, so we're going to make you. The reason that rule doesn't exist in the preseason is because it's literally not a competitive advantage to not disclose injuries. <laughs> There's a reason a rule doesn't exist. Yeah, and somebody said, uh, I forget who it was, said, you know, if you think this is protecting Corey Davis, it's not because now you've got everybody thinking he's a prima donna and that he's asking not to play and that he's asking not to practice when we don't really know what his injury is. Like, if he's got a hamstring, whether we know we're about know about it or not, has no effect on how his hamstring heals. You know, it all it does is inform us that it's not you know a bruised toe or something stupid like that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like it either. I mean, it's, more- it's, it's like this. Like, if you go to one of those odd-looking firework tents around the 4th of July, and you tell them that you want some fireworks, you get the fireworks. There's not, like, a warning label on the firework that says, warning, do not shoot toward your face or it will explode on you. Like, no one's really tempted to do that. There's a reason that the warning's not there. There's a reason that the rule's not there. It's the same thing with this preseason injury. There's not a rule against it because whoever made these rules thought... Well, who in the world would even care if you knew about a preseason injury? <laughs> yeah, Luke uh, brought up the fireworks thing as a segue to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about, JPP? Oh, I guess now that you say that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, are you talking wow. about... Wow, what a veiled attack. I, mean... I, I would never say that, but you brought it up. <laughs> Taylor, there's a video on uh, I think it's the Buccaneers Instagram of Taylor yeah. Lewan getting absolutely worked by JPP on like a fake spin move. Yeah. In okay. Also, it's it not in a team drill. It's in a one-on-one pass rush drill, which is inherently flawed towards defensive linemen. Like, if <laughs> yeah. you're not winning one-on-one pass rush drill, you shouldn't be in the NFL. Like. Defensive linemen should win seven out of eight of those because you've got a two-way go built in and you pretty much know the snap count. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that it looks real pretty when you put it on your highlight feed, but when you don't see anything in team or anything like that, it I don't know. I think Lu- Luan is washed. We shouldn't have given him the yeah. big yeah. that is <laughs> That is the correct take, definitely. Yeah. Uh, That's the only pump. So let, let's talk about the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First, just kind of as a team, uh, this is a roster that has a lot of talent, um, but it's a lot of talent that is going to go untapped because their quarterback suspended for the first four games of the season. Uh, but aside from that, you know, they've got really good receivers. I loved Ronald Jones coming out of the draft. Um, two great tight ends, a pretty decent offensive line from what I understand. Uh, and on defense, they've just got, you know, some pretty good playmakers all over the field. They've got Levante David, Quan Alexander, Gerald McCoy, JPP. You know, it's a very strong team. And uh, before we kind of get into the Titans, you know, it's a team that it's unfortunate what has happened to their quarterback and the decision that their quarterback made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, they do, they do have talent, uh, especially on offense. I, I think they have a bunch of weapons. Um, especially if Ronald Jones is as good as uh, I think he can be. Um, so their three receivers are Mike Evans, uh, Deshaun Jackson, and Chris Godwin. Godwin's going to have a really good year. He was really good last year. Um, he was he was highly rated by PFF, um, and he's just he's really good at at all the little things. Um, and he's also one of the most athletic 
uh, receivers. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, and it, then they have, at tight end, they have Cameron Brait, who's one of the more underrated players in the entire league, um, and O.J. Howard, who just has so much untapped potential um, that we could start seeing very soon. Um, but like you said, uh, they're, they're going to be without their quarterback. Um, and when they play us um, on Saturday, uh, we're going to see them running with Ryan Fitzpatrick because uh, in, in their first preseason game, Jameis didn't play until he played with the twos and threes. Fitzpatrick was running with the ones. Um, so we're going to see Fitzpatrick. Uh, um, and I'm interested to see um, how he does with the, with this offense because they have a bunch of weapons. Um, their offensive line isn't that great. Uh, but Fitzpatrick's been known to improvise, uh, as we know, because we've seen him in Tennessee doing that that sort of sort of things that fits magic, uh, fits magic, magic. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how the offense is going to run. As for their defense, um, they do have some playmakers, but overall, I, I don't. No one really strikes fear into you, uh, except for Levante David and maybe JPP and Gerald McCoy. Uh, but other than them, their defensive backs, in my opinion, aren't that great. Uh, Brent Grimes is is like forty five years old, um, and he's five seven. So uh, should be we should be able to to get that get a couple of receptions on him. Uh, and and Hargraves uh, seems to be injured. Um, so we should have success against our defense. I'm more uh, more gearing to see how our defense does against Fitzpatrick in their first team offense. Yeah, the Buccaneers are a great example of a good team with a bad coach. And you know this because you can look at the roster and you see a ton of talent. But then when it comes time to put it all together on the field, they consistently underwhelm. And it's it, at a certain point, you just have to blame the coach. I mean, when you've got people like Mike Evans, Gerald McCoy, Quan Alexander, Levante David, you know, Jameis Winston, Vincent Jackson, O.J. Howard, Bray. You've got, you've got all these players who are talented individuals and you can't figure out how to put them in position to succeed. Then it falls on you as the coach, you know. And you can argue scheme fit and all that kind of stuff. But really, at the end of the day, a coach's job is to get talented players on the field and in a position to make plays and win games. And they just haven't done that. So, you know... I think the preseason will be an interesting thing for them because there's no scripts. There's not a lot of game plan. I mean, there's little to no game planning. So when you think about it, the Buccaneers are the perfect preseason team. You know, if they play all their guys, they've got a ton of talent and coaching really can't get in their way because there's no game planning. So now they just get a chance to go out and play, which is fun to watch. But their trouble is going to be when they go, you know, Two and two, or three and one in the preseason, and then they go zero and three to start the season off, and no teams ever made the playoffs after zero and three, or it's something like one out of eight thousand, or something. And I mean, it it's just going to be rocky roads ahead for them. So that, that's tough. But in the preseason, they should be fun to watch, and it's a fun team to watch the Titans play against because just so many different weapons offensively and defensively. Funny before you say your next word, Matthias. Uh, in yeah. an interview today after practice, I just thought this was kind of funny. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson was asked about his quarterbacks, and he said something about Jameis and then something about Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. Yes. Ryan Fitzgerald. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really want to dwell on the Buccaneers just because they're, I don't know, they're kind of sad. Uh, so, <laughs> last year, yeah. last year they, they only won five games. Um, they won two games with Fitzpatrick. Jameis went three and ten, and one of the uh, one oh of those Jameis wins was against the Saints. The, the uh, meltdown game. One of the what the last one? No, the Saints game was the meltdown game for the Buccaneers. Oh no, that was terrible. That was terrible. No, but I was talking. I was talking about strictly as wins. Um, one of his three was against the Saints in Week Seventeen when they were resting all of their starters. So that one doesn't even count. Um, and two of those wins came. Uh, within the first four week, three weeks, because they had that bye because of the hurricane. Um, so this is—I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team, to be honest with you. I like, like we've talked about their head coach. I don't think he's very good at anything. Um, I, I mean, he's had some success running an offense in the past, um, but that never—not that, uh, that it never does—but a lot of the times that just doesn't translate to being a head coach. There's more to being a, a good head coach than being. Um, good with schemes um, on offense and or defense. Yeah, you're absolutely so, right. So I don't, I don't know what to make of them. They should be good. Um, they weren't terrible two years ago, right? Or maybe them three years ago. Um, but like this, this, this coming year, considering their talent, uh, they could make a playoff run. But also considering last year um, and their coaching staff, they could just hit rock bottom once again. I agree. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he is on and he's in a rhythm, he's a more than capable NFL starter. The reason yep. he's never been a franchise quarterback is he has these like meltdown slump periods. <laughs> so if the Titans can get, or excuse me, if the Buccaneers can get Fitzpatrick in one of those good Fitzpatrick, like when he was with the Jets and when he was with the Titans, if they can get that version of Fitzpatrick, they may win two of those first three games and set up or first four games or however many he suspended and set up Jameis to take back over and really get things into motion. Or they could get meltdown Fitzpatrick, be 0-4 when Jameis comes back, and as you mentioned, you know, be a disaster. I think there's a team with, so, a, with a pretty good ceiling. The floor is very low. Here's the problem with that scenario. Um, so the first three weeks, which yeah. is when Jameis is suspended, Nine. they play at the Saints. Yeah, I knew they had a good schedule. And against the Steelers. So that's not I I would be shocked if they even get one win. Maybe against the Steelers, because the Steelers I'm not I'm not. Steelers too are very sure streaky. They're yeah, and they don't have a lot of talent on defense. I'm not I'm not sure about that. Ryan Chazier is a but, huge loss for them. Yeah. Yeah. Their defense completely changed after that. So maybe Fitzpatrick can sneak a win against them. I think that's a Monday There's night no game. There's no way. There's no way. It's insane. And to, like they've got Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster who are going against those defensive backs. Oh my god, they're going to wreck them. Oh my god. Like I'm I'm okay saying that you know, even if the Bucks put up 25, 28, you know, somewhere in that range, they're going to allow 35 like yeah. In each one of those games, yeah. so I, I will say that I mean, that was one thing I noticed today. I'm like, who in the world are these defensive backs playing for them? Yeah, yeah. Chris, it, Chris Conti was out there for them today. I had no idea he was still in a game. He's st- no, no. That guy is so bad. 
How was he? <laughs> okay. He's probably one of their best two defender or defensive backs. <laughs> Dude, they, their schedule is absolutely brutal, by the way. Have you guys seen this? this well, I mean, terrible. they play in the hardest division in football. you got to play the Panthers, yeah. Saints, and Falcons twice a year. Good Lord. Yeah, wow. That is brutal. Yeah. Then they got the 49ers on the schedule. Yeah. At Baltimore, it's never easy. At Dallas. Uh, Baltimore. Yeah, actually. I got a couple, a couple winnable games. But it doesn't matter. Like that's what the, we think once, now. Uh, once you once you go zero and three, your season's over. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they'll they'll be lucky if they still have the same coach at the end of the year. Ah, Much I like, wouldn't go that far. By the bye week, I'll get fired by week five. That Dude, might, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. That might be a notorious, little notorious much. gambler. Justice Mosqueda has said it a million times that yeah. Uh, you like that's the best bet in football right now is that Dirk Cutter will be the best or will be the first head coach fired because he's something like plus fifteen hundred or something like that or plus forty five hundred something crazy like I, I mean if he goes another year where there's six have five or six wins it, it doesn't matter if it's because the quarterback got suspended and hurt or whatever like he I mean he's got to go yeah mm-hmm. agreed um. So, last week the Titans said they wanted to have a clean operation in their preseason opener. didn't really happen. There were a lot of penalties. Um, So, heading into this game, you're probably going to see Mariota for more than one series. I could see him coming, even if the first one is quick like the last one, I could see him coming back out for another one. Um, So, so what's something that maybe you want to see in this preseason game for the Titans? What I would like to see is the defensive backs not get destroyed by Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, which kind of happened on the first day of practice. Yeah. Agreed. I just, I, I'd like to see our defense, uh, play better than last week. Uh, maybe not give up a touchdown on the first drive, maybe hold them to a field goal. Um, and just don't get, don't get burned deep, please. Uh, but it, it might happen because the Bucks have really good receivers. Um, but really the main thing I want to see out of this game is uh, no injuries. I don't want anyone else to get injured, and that's the only thing I care about right now. I already saw what I need to see from the first team team offense last week. If the defense can get it, uh, could get it together, that'd be great. If not, that's fine because it's the preseason and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I don't want to see anyone get injured, especially after seeing our, our rookie darling, Dane Crookshank, uh, get hurt last week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in an ideal scenario, Mariota gets two drives and he throws, you know, a 50-yard catch and run to Taewon Taylor to score. And then there's a fade in the end zone to Corey Davis on the next play or the next series that he scores on. You know, those are the two guys you really want to see pop offensively. Um, And it'd be great to see them, you know, both have big games after Taewon had a bunch of good practices and then really didn't show up a ton in the preseason game and then Corey Davis didn't play at all um I don't want Delaney Walker to play I think that seems stupid just let him keep resting yeah I agree let yeah, get yeah, the yeah. Rest. Uh, and then I want to see you know uh Harold Landry get another good game under his belt you know I want to yeah. see him get more, more confident against actual starters in the NFL you know maybe get a couple of pressures in the sack like everything doesn't have to be a strip sack but it would be great if it was but I mean, what? How many of those do people get a year?
to do that. But uh, I think, it, you know, for reference, I think Chubb had four fumbles in his career at North Carolina State, just to give a reference point. And I, I would really like for Harold Landry just to consistently beat a mediocre to bad offensive line. Yeah. Also, uh, let me just add a little thing I want to see. Uh, I want to see us use Deion Lewis a little bit in the passing game because we didn't really see it in the first game. Um, and I especially want to see it because he's likely going to be guarded um, by Levante David yeah. on some of those short routes. So I really want to see how, how he handles that. And that, that was one thing about you know the drive being so short in the last game is Deion Lewis was hardly out there at all. And so I think that, as you mentioned, is going to be something yeah. to look forward to watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Buccaneers have pretty good linebackers, so there's a there's a pretty good test for for our running backs uh, and our tight ends. Although Delaney's not going to play, but I, I want to see if if John New could, uh, could could do some damage against uh, Lamonte David and Quan Alexander. Yeah, it'd be great for John New. Like yeah. everything you hear is that he's you know taking the right steps, and I mean. I, I would love to see him put up a really good, but you know everybody can't have big games. So if I'm going to pick two people, yeah. it's Taewon and Corey. But I mean, I would love for Johnny Smith to get some really good pass reps. Is, in. is Corey going to play? Do we think? Yeah, he's practicing. Uh, I I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I want to see him play. Obviously, he needs he needs reps. He needs game he reps. Need, I, I don't. I don't. That's another thing that I think we disagree on. I think y'all think he needs reps, and I don't think he needs reps as much. Uh, because I, I wrote this earlier somewhere that he's taken the second most first team reps of any receiver in camp, and you can read that as a negative. Who's taken the that, most? You know, Rashard hadn't been out there. Do what? Who's no, I think K one's taken most of the first team. Uh, I don't know. Corey Davis is pretty clearly the number one receiver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I. Just in terms of reps with the first team offense. Oh but, well, yeah, because Corey missed so many days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is it, you know, it would help to have it. But I mean, it's not like he's behind and everybody else is going to struggle with him in there. I mean, they're all kind of on the same page. He's really only missed what, like, three practices. Uh, yeah, I think it was four. I may be wrong. Four, well, okay, four out of what? What is it? Twenty-two tomorrow. No, so it's been like practices. six, sixteen, seventeen. No, it, there's no way. It's just sixteen or seventeen. Yes, practices. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Maybe days twenty-two, but not practices. Got you. Yeah, but practice reps aren't—they're not the same as obviously as which real is why they need to get him into yeah. a real game. Yeah, yeah. I, I would much rather him miss two practices per week and play in a but but coaches oh, sure. don't think yeah. like that. But in terms of like valuable reps, like I would have been okay with him missing all last week, which I guess he kind of did, just so he could practice against the Bucks this week and then play against them in the preseason game. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, this is probably going to pretty much do it for us. Um. Let's see. So we'll be back. Some point next week, we'll recap the Buccaneers game. We'll preview the big third preseason game, which is usually the one where starters play a lot. Uh, that'll be against mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Then we'll have a quick turnaround after Nightmares. that game. Uh-huh. Quick turnaround after that game. Maybe Richard will play that game again, and they can recreate the, that curl route that he ran. <laughs> and Marcus completely missed him. I don't know. That was a horrific throw. Uh 
Quick turnaround after that game. The Titans play the next Thursday against the uh, who is it? The Minnesota Vikings. At that game is at home. Um, we play them every preseason. It feels yeah. like, which is so strange because it's not yeah, it's like so, they're close so, to so here. Close. Yeah, it's so, we're so close geographically. Like they used to play the Falcons every year, but I mean that made sense because it's like a four-hour drive from Nashville to right. Atlanta. Yeah, and they used to play the Rams every year too in the preseason. And that doesn't make any sense. Well, it did when they were in St. Louis. Well, they were in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, Minnesota seems like the wild card. It must have been because Minnesota was bad for so long that they were like, we're just going to beat up on a bad <laughs> team right before we start the season. And now that Minnesota's good, we're, we're not, like, backing out of it, which is stupid. Well, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, you know, Adam Thielen are not playing in that game. Yeah, they're not going to play, yeah. No. Marcus Stephon- Mariota has never played in a fourth preseason game, as far as I can remember. Yeah, can. He threw his first touchdown to Harry Douglas right, in his rookie right. year on a catch and run. Harry Douglas. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Now that you've made it to the end, here are my interviews from after Thursday's practice, starting with Buccaneers tight end O.J. Howard. So what's it been like being out here with, with Derek, one of your old teammates? Oh, man, it's been good, man. That's my, that's my college roommate and my guy, man. We talk every day. So, I mean, uh, but just to finally be able to, like, be with him on the same level, uh, competing at the, in the NFL, we always dreamed of it. So uh, even though it's preseason, man, his memories we always going to remember. Do you have any big memories or with, to share about Derek? You know, you two had a big game in the national championship a couple years ago. Like I said, man, we were roommates for, for 43 years. Won the national championship together. I saw these guys win the Heisman, man. Um, you know, I, I've been through it all with him, man. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner every year. He come home with me. So, I mean, we, we've been together for a while, man. That's my guy. Yeah. You have another former teammate on this team and Rashawn Evans. Yeah. you have any memories of him? Yeah, Rashawn was on the national championship team. Um, you know, I competed with him a lot at practice. You know, made each other better. He's a linebacker. You know, I played tight end. So, uh, a lot of memories with that guy, too. You know, uh, you got to go up against the Titans linebackers over the last two days, Compton and, and Woodyard. What's your impression of them? Yeah, uh, I think they're a real uh, physical group. You know, those guys uh, do a great job of trying to get their hands inside with the 3-4 defense they play. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, they're missing a couple linebackers, though, but uh, overall, solid group. You've got some pretty talented wide receivers on your team and Mike and Deshaun. How does that make your job easier? Oh, man, you know, um, you know, like to, they like to uh, double cover Mike in the red zone, you know, and that, that gives opportunity for us to be one-on-one, make plays. Um, like you said, those guys have got to be well-respected at all times, so it allows me to work one-on-one. You looking forward to Saturday? I am. Yeah. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate it. And now here is Buccaneers linebacker, Levante David. I want to ask you about Deion Lewis. What did you think of having to cover him over the last couple of days? Oh, man, obviously a tough guy to go against, you know, all the time. So, yeah, when you step up against him, man, you got to punch your mind right. Um, a shifty guy. You got to be able to keep your feet moving and uh, be able to get on as quick as you can. You know, you've played against these guys for two days now, going mm-hmm. to a game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. After kind of getting to analyze the team and look at their strengths on the roster, what are you looking forward to getting out of Saturday's game? I'm just looking forward to playing, playing physical football. You know, those guys bring the physicality all day throughout the football game, so um, I'm looking forward to that throughout practice. You saw that. So uh, it's going to be a physical football game, and uh, for me as a linebacker, that's what I like. It's going to be fun. 
and uh, go look, see guys get after it. Derrick Henry, pretty big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is a pretty good, pretty big guy, pretty solid back for them, man. He's their number one guy. He's their workhorse. So, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have our work cut, cut out for us, but uh, as always, we look forward to challenges. I know it's training camp, and I know you guys have work to do, but are you going to enjoy some of the Nashville scene over the next couple of days? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I got my boy Will Compton over there for the Titans. Uh, he's going to show me around a little bit, and uh, we're going to see uh, what Nashville got to offer. I mean, I heard it's great food out here, so I'm um, definitely going to check it out. Do you have any other friends on the Titans other than Will? Uh, a couple past teammates, you know, uh, Kevin Panfield, uh, guys who I met throughout you know, my career in the league, so um, uh, different guys over there. Appreciate it, no problem. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.